Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Daily Bolt with your host, Dr. Jeff Tilley. Today's topic, heat waves. We're having heat waves, and not just in the U.S. Okay, so for many of you in the eastern and central parts of the country, it was a hot weekend and a hot couple of days before that. And it's still hot in the east and going to stay hot in the east for at least a couple more days, if not much of the week. But the good news is, and yes, there is good news, at least in terms of summertime temperatures, the difference between what we're experiencing now and what is normal for many parts of the country in the summer, particularly midsummer, after the summer solstice and late June, so we're talking late June all through July, it's not as bad as what's actually going on in Europe and specifically within the United Kingdom. England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, as well as on uh, the country of Ireland that shares the island with the country of Northern Ireland. And why do I say that? Right now, in terms of the UK, they are in the midst of a strong heat wave that is expected to continue there for at least another 10 days, if not a full two weeks. And why is their heat wave any different than our heat wave? The mechanisms are similar. We have a large area of high pressure in the atmosphere, both at the surface and extending up through uh, what we call the troposphere, uh, the lowest uh, 16, 17 kilometers or so of the atmosphere. And these areas of high pressure are tending to uh, affect the track of storm systems, effectively block them from passing, very much through the eastern and central part of the U.S. and over most of the U.K. And so the mechanisms are the same. So why is it so much different? Why is it so much a different issue for the U.K. that it's worth having a podcast about it? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, Normally, on July 1, the average temperatures in the U.K. are somewhere around 22 to maybe 23 degrees Celsius. That really translates to the low 70s Fahrenheit. And right now, they are having a run of days where the temperatures are anywhere between 30 and 34 degrees Celsius, which corresponds to the upper 80s to mid 90s. So that is a substantially greater difference in terms of the average temperature that we normally see in late June, early July in the UK, as compared to much of the US where the difference is still maybe about 10 degrees, but it's not in the 15 to 20 degree range. And in particular, because of their position uh, basically facing the Atlantic Ocean, there's usually not very much variation in terms of those temperatures during summertime. Uh, It often may even be cooler than 70 degrees in the summer in the UK, and that's what they're used to. And so there are many places in the UK that don't have any air conditioning. And yes, there are places in the US that don't have any air conditioning either, but there is a greater percentage because the climate is such, particularly in the central and eastern part of the US, that 
we expect hotter conditions to occur in midsummer. Uh, can the power grid always handle the extra air conditioning load? No, but that's not necessarily a function of building design. That's a function of infrastructure design with respect to electric utilities and the power grid, which has been long in need of improvement, if not a complete overhaul, for several decades. That's a different issue. In the UK, because of the climate, the buildings are not really designed very much with air conditioning. It's expected that if it gets a little bit warm, maybe up to as much as 80 degrees, which is about as warm as it normally ever gets in the summer, you can open the windows and at night it'll cool down into the mid-60s and you'll get some degree of relief. But with the temperatures now at 90 and above for an extended period during the day and at 70 and above for an extended period at night, uh, that cooling is a lot less effective. And also consider the fact that many buildings in Europe, uh, even though they may have all the modern conveniences, uh, electricity, running water, uh, internet, everything you could imagine, many of the exteriors of these buildings are brick or stone that heats up dramatically during the day. And furthermore, patterns of urban development in much of Europe, and especially in parts of the UK, are very dense compared to many parts of the US. Not every part of the US. Uh, London uh, is pretty comparable to New York or Chicago, uh, and some other eastern cities, Boston and perhaps parts of Baltimore and Washington. But many places in the US, we have a a uh, different land use plan where houses are spread farther apart and so you don't have all the heat as concentrated in one place and plus many buildings built after say 1975 or so have air conditioning to some degree so the US has the ability to not only uh, weather the hotter conditions because they're not as far apart from the normal as they are in the UK but our infrastructure and our whole uh, design of housing, residential and commercial buildings is set up in the US to better deal with summertime heat as opposed to the UK. So in the UK, they have had heat warnings out already for several days and they expect to be able to continue having those heat warnings issued on a daily basis for at least the next 10 days. Now I've taken a look myself at the long-range forecast and that sounds about right because it looks like by about 10 days from now we will see a bit of a change in the overall pattern of weather systems throughout the entire northern hemisphere and uh, the break will occur earlier in the US and it will start to affect the northern and uh, northeastern parts of the country sooner than the UK, but certainly by about the 12th and 13th, it looks like the UK will see a vigorous storm system come through, bring some precipitation, and cool down the temperatures much closer to normal conditions. So over the next few days, if you think that it's hot, it is. But think of our friends over in the UK. For them, it's even hotter to them than it might be for us, even though the temperatures are going to be pretty close to the same, with about the same amounts of humidity. So 
that might be some comfort to you over this uh, long 4th of July holiday period. It might not, but it is the truth. So that's all for this edition of the Daily Bolt. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Tilley. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, on Podbean. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to be hopefully getting on SoundCloud soon. And we're always available on Facebook, on Artillery Weather Associates uh, page, as well as on my personal webpage. So f- please feel free to share with someone you know. Feel free to subscribe. Feel free to like us. And if you really like what we're doing, please support our efforts to take this podcast to the next level. While I provide you these podcasts for free, it's not free to me. I have to pay Podbean a significant uh, chunk of change just to even do regular audio podcasts. I'd love to be able to expand video because that's going to allow me to show you things and uh, just be that much more informative and interesting for you in terms of learning about weather and science and talking about science issues and policy. But that costs more money, and so I need some patrons. I need some support to convince me that you guys really want to see a video podcast. Uh, As they say, you get what you pay for. Anyway, enough on uh, the issue of a patron. Even if you don't uh, become a patron, I appreciate your listenership. I appreciate your comments. I appreciate your likes and your shares. And... For now, that's it for this podcast. This is the Daily Bolt. Have a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, wherever and whenever you are, and God bless.